You're listening to Music Growth Talks, the podcast for musicpreneurs, with Andrew Apanov. Hey there, Andrew Apanov here with a new edition of the Music Growth Talks podcast, and I've got an interesting story to share with you today. My guest on this episode is Alex Frikon, a hip-hop artist and a copywriter from Minnesota. And Alex has done a number of interesting music projects in the past. You're going to learn about them from Alex himself in this interview. And be sure to go to the show notes at datedmusic.com to check out Frikon's YouTube videos, including the Cake Eater anthem and the Beer League anthem, my favorite. Uh, but there is one story in particular that caught a lot of attention of media lately and which surely caught my attention as well. I was fortunate to work with Alex a few years ago, so for me as someone who's known him for quite some time, the news, and I learned about that from my Instagram feed, was quite uh, unexpected to say the least. I don't want to reveal too much on this intro, but I'll just say that Exactly a year ago, in March 2017, Alex went to North Korea to play hockey against the North Korean men's national hockey team. No big deal. Uh, by the way, it was right before North Korea closed the borders for US citizens, so uh, it makes this story particularly interesting because now it's not even possible for an American to visit North Korea. He brought his GoPro and documented it all. You can find a short video he released uh, uh, in the show notes as well. A number of surprising facts in there, uh, like the parts where he chants uh, USA, USA during the match. Anyway, first listen to the show, next watch the video in that order, please. I hope you enjoy the chat and I hope that you see where storytelling can take your brand uh, on this great example from Alex. And before you get there, please consider becoming my patron on Patreon. You can find it at musicianswebkeeper.com. Musicianswebkeeper is one word. Uh, so a little side note, I was just watching a YouTube video where uh, a random blogger shared a custom, kind of easy to remember URL redirecting to his Patreon page. And I thought, huh, it would be cool to do the same. And then a few minutes later, I realized that I already did that a long time ago, redirecting my musicians, uh, webkeeper.com, the main name to patreon.com forward slash Andrew Epinov. So yeah, here we go. Since I already have it, uh, why not use it? And uh, uh, my hope is that it's easy for you to remember and type if you're on the go and uh, can't wait to become my patron. Uh, it's musicianswebkeeper.com. Uh, please consider supporting this show and uh, uh, remember that you can get access to a weekly patron-only podcast episode by becoming my patron for as low as $1 per month. You're welcome to do more. There are no like, uh, uh, maximum pledge limit, but this is the only rewards I've got. So uh, you're not missing out on anything if you only pledge one dollar per month. It's not only. It's a lot. It's it's about you showing uh, that that you care, uh, and uh, I do think that there is lots of value in that dollar. But um, yeah, I just wanted to say that it would mean a lot if you do that. Up to you. And anyway, now to today's interview. Please welcome Alex Frickin. Okay, Alex. Uh, welcome to Music Growth Talks. 
the podcast. I'm excited to have a conversation with you for the show. Yeah, welcome. Thank you very much. I'm very excited to be chatting with you once again. I received an email newsletter from you recently, which ended with, uh, with this part. I really liked it. You've probably got a lot of questions. I don't blame you. Some might include, wait, what, North Korea? Are you still making music? And how did you get on this list again? So I remember <laughs> how I got on your email list. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I hope that we'll get some answers from you about North Korea and, and you making music. But before we get there, yes. do you mind just uh, sharing a bit of your just, you know, backgrounds and what you've been doing yeah. in terms of music and not just professional as well? Sure. Oh man, yeah, it's it's um there's a lot to kind of talk about. I'll do my best to kind of chronologically summarize everything, but I am essentially a writer/musician. I started out kind of as a musician working, you know, in hip hop basically. I produced uh, my own albums and, you know, booked my own shows and tried to launch that career and um it's sort of kind of naturally and organically transitioned into this writing career. Um, and I've kind of been juggling both at the same time. I'm currently a, a copywriter, so I work in advertising. And, you know, I fancy myself as a bit of a storyteller. So uh, whenever I can, when an opportunity arises, whether it's through song or just through, you know, making a short video, I, I, I love telling stories. And I try to juggle everything at once and sometimes it's successful and other times not so much <laughs> well I, i guess it takes quite a few attempts uh, yeah, uh to yeah. to find the story that sticks and uh you just did that recently so something that we may uh want to want to talk about by the way you mm -hmm. mentioned video you've been doing quite a lot of uh, videos for your youtube channel and uh, i think it's some still something that you are into oh yeah yeah i mean uh, you know I love, like I said, I love storytelling and I see videos as a medium for that. I also see music as a medium for that. And so I marry those two things as often as I can. You know, I'm not putting out music at the frequency that I used to. And it more, now it's kind of more focused, like what are fun or cool or meaningful stories I want to tell and what's the best way to do it? Is it a song? Okay, cool. Let's do it. Is it, do I need to go film something and go talk to someone? Okay, fine. Let's work that out. Yeah. yeah. But trying to make more and more content. The world cool. needs more yeah. stories. Totally. And yeah, you've got a really uh, healthy and uh, effective approach to that, in, in, in my opinion, here, based on what you are just... I thank you. Yes. So uh, uh, can you mention some of the cool, interesting uh, story ideas that you tried with your music in the past several years? So before the big... Uh, kind of North Korean scene, uh, you, you've, you've done a lot of fun stuff. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. Can you mention a few again, examples of what you've been? Yeah. The first example is probably my EP that I put out. And I tried to craft a story around this concept called uh, The Hedgehog's Dilemma. And it's pretty interesting. It's a little complicated. But I'll do my best to, like, dumb it down. So if there's any kind of psychology majors or philosophy majors listening, I apologize. I might butcher this a little bit. But essentially, it's this idea that in the wintertime, hedgehogs, in order to stay warm, they have to kind of more or less snuggle with each other. However, in doing so, they risk, you know, with pricking each other and hurting each other. 
And um, that's used as kind of a metaphor for human intimacy, because, you know, being alone is to be cold and to be, you know, close to something is to be warm. But you, you know, you're in danger of, of their being hurt. So I applied that to my relationship with music in that, like, if I didn't embrace my music, I would be in the cold. But if I did embrace it, you know, there's total uncertainty. Am I going to be successful? Are people going to like it? There's going to be mm. lots of rejection. There's going to be lots of hurt. So I really mm. like that concept. And so I wrote songs that that dealt with that, like me trying to pursue music, you know, kind of leaving my career to do so and all the uncertainty. And so that was my first stab at it. Another one that was kind of more successful. So I live in the in the state of Minnesota, for everyone listening. And um, there is a famous, a very famous suburb in the state called Edina. And the reason it's famous, there was a movie. I don't know if you're familiar with this movie franchise, Andrew. It'd be interesting to hear. It's called The Mighty Ducks. Have you heard of that movie? Oh, man, I'm not entirely sure. It's, I, nope, <laughs> I it's okay you have it. It's a little niche, but it's about hockey. And it was very famous in the United States. And it's it, it takes place in Minnesota. And... Um, the suburb of Edina is known as cake eaters because, you know, they're supposed to be known as the very fancy suburb, very wealthy, you know, silver spoon kind of suburb. And so right. what I did is I, I decided to write a song about that suburb and tell a story about it. And um, that ended up being like super, super fun. Everyone, you know, I kind of playfully made fun of it and it just kind of took off. Yeah, I'm linking to everything, by the way, in the show notes. So everyone Sweet. listening to us, it's just worth mentioning that it's easy to find links to this. Yeah, please keep going. Yeah. So that, I mean, that was kind of probably my first instance of like, quote unquote, going viral. I'll never forget, I had my phone turned off the day that it launched because I was working. I was in New York City, part of my work. And I came back late in the day to, and I turned my phone back on. And it was just text message after text message of all these people who had seen it, my cousin, you know, people I hadn't talked to in a long time. So all messaging me and it, it took off and there were interviews and yada, yada, yada. So that was really cool. And another example, you know, continuing this theme of hockey, which I should point out, it's, you know, as you can see, there's a reoccurring theme here. And yeah. um, one of those is my love for the game of hockey. This past summer, I decided to put together a song and music video surrounding uh, my love for, you know, recreational hockey. In the United States, they call that beer league hockey. It's very low key. A bunch of adults get together and, you know, old guys, we play hockey and then we drink a beer in the locker room afterwards. So it was actually a really fun production. I tried to step up the value of the production a little bit more and I teamed up with a couple of people and, you know, we secured various locations and we just wrote a song about what it's like to be an adult still playing hockey once a week. And um, that, again, had some some pretty sweet success. And, you know, the community embraced it. I got a really funny Instagram message from a complete stranger who lived in um, Colorado. And she she reached out just to tell me that she's plays in a rec league in Colorado. And all of her teammates and all the people she plays against, they all love the song and, and listen to it all the time. So that was really cool. Yeah. But yeah, stuff like that. Yeah. When I started seeing, speaking of Instagram, when I started seeing these photos on your Instagram last year, I think from, mm -hmm. from North Korea, I thought that mm -hmm. uh, you got really good at Photoshopping. 
and oh, cool. you know and then just just i Sweet, thought man. that it was like a, a a nice idea i really liked it mm-hmm. but i didn't yeah. buy it even at first i was like silly me how could i assume that it wasn't true but um oh you think got it that's funny that's I, funny. I, I you're not would... the last person you're not the a lot of people were like that um because it was so me. i mean it was a bit unexpected i guess and it was yeah. like and you are just hanging out like just uh i know yeah it was so do you want me to talk about i know you know i was talking about kind of my music projects did you want me to you know, that's obviously a huge project in my life. I don't know if you wanted to chat about it. You wanted me to like set it up or anything like that. Um, I think so. Why I've really wanted us to have this chat for, for, for the show is even for this big project of yours wasn't 100% related to your music. I think it's, I mean, it's all in the connected. Yeah, as you mentioned how you you decide the on the best mediums to tell your stories can you just mention before we talk about, I definitely would love you to talk mm-hmm. about North Korea. Have you seen an increase in views, for example, in your music videos after the... Oh, yeah. So getting some coverage in yeah. press and so on? And that's what's so... And that's a very... It's, a, it's, a, it's startling, but I don't mean in a bad way, but it's pretty remarkable. I've made a lot of stuff, a lot of music, and some of it doesn't really you know, take off and go viral. But after... The more coverage I get, the more media opportunities I get, press outreach, et cetera. It seems like it's just like a snowball that picks up speed and momentum as it rolls downhill and things go faster and faster because, you know, I've had people who reach out to me for one of my stories, like let's say my North Korea trip, and they follow up with, hey, I checked out your other music videos. Like, that's some really cool stuff. Do you do you mind if I feature it? So it's totally led it seems to all just intertwine it's totally led to you know some of my old songs for i had an npr piece and they they brought in my music and and made it an aspect of of the interview because they were you know curious about it so you know i can now say that some of my music was played on npr across the entire country you know like and it's true people. yeah i, yeah. I mean- it's fascinating, but it makes a lot of sense, and it's interesting for the journalist. It it, it makes the story more interesting, and you you've got some mm-hmm. really good stuff. I think this is important. So if if your other videos were not funny as they are, it was yeah. just mediocre, yep. you know, music. Uh, it was it wouldn't probably be featured uh, that yep. well because the I, yeah. So I recently um, had a local TV interview for our um, Minnesota. You know, one of our Minnesota broadcast channels and um, the uh, anchor man, when he came over, he was talking to me and he he said, you know, ironically enough, it was my work who had reached out to him because they were so excited about all this, you know, buzz that they reached out to him. And, And he was telling me, you know, when I first got the email, they said, you know, he went on this trip. By the way, he makes music. So here's a YouTube link. And the anchor said, I thought to myself, oh, no. You know, another, when I get YouTube links for music, it's usually not very good. (laughs) And so I was a little skeptical, but then I clicked on it and I watched it and I thought to myself, like, this is really funny. This is good. So to your point, yeah, there's a lot of bad music out there and a lot of bad music videos. So I get it. Yeah. And yeah, you, you found a really cool way to get attention to your music so people can actually listen to it and appreciate it because this is the number one kind of 
challenge all musicians with products out there facing no one even cares to bother to listen to their songs and film anyway so please i know that we don't we may not have enough time to go into all the details and i think those Mm -hmm. additional links that our listeners can find in the show notes will help Uh, the video you did for example is really good but please tell us finally we've been teasing it for so long what's (laughs) what did you do and how did you end up doing it and yeah how it went Yep. So the big kind of catalyst for everything um, and the reason, you know, I'm talking to everyone right now is that in March of 2017, so almost a year ago, I traveled to North Korea to play ice hockey against the North Korean men's national hockey team, which I know sounds crazy. It definitely, I consider it as a once in a lifetime opportunity, but I brought my GoPro along with me and I filmed the hockey, but I filmed everything else. And when I came back, I, I realized I had a story to tell. So I put together a kind of YouTube documentary and um, yeah, it took off. Yeah. I mean, you, you're not the only one going there. So you, you're, how many people were in the group? There were 18 of us total. And um, people always ask me, you know, did I know anyone there? You know, did I go with friends? And the answer is no. I found this trip very randomly on the internet, I was on Reddit and someone posted a funny link. Like, I think, you know, ultimately I realized they were just joking around, but they said, Hey, who wants to come to North Korea to play hockey with me? And I thought, wow, that's really interesting. I'll click on the link. Sure. And it brought me to this website. And sure enough, like this was a real trip and I was so confused. I didn't know, you know, back then I was like everyone else. And I thought, okay, you can't actually go to North Korea. Like it's North Korea. But it turns out, you know, they had all this information and I thought to myself, okay, that's, you know, that's kind of interesting, but I closed the window, you know, I was, had no intention of going, but you know, the kind of days passed and the weeks passed, I just started getting more and more curious. So I ended up shooting an email to Scott Howe, who's the founder of the friendshipleague.org, which is, you know, ultimately I realized the, um, the trip, you know, was the Howe International Friendship League. And we just started chatting and I asked him, you know, a bunch of questions and it just kind of snowballed from there. And I ended up going. (laughs) And you didn't even tell anyone, right? Yeah. I mean, that was so to everyone listening, like it wasn't just a casual conversation with Scott. Like we exchanged, I think it was about 74 emails. And I (laughs) asked every single question I could think of. Like, I want everyone listening to understand that this was a very, I, I, once I realized that I was entertaining this seriously, I took it very seriously and I did as much research as I could. I asked him as many questions as I could, but once I decided that I was going to go, I made a pretty strong decision to not tell almost just anyone. I told two people, my friend Kyle in New York city, and then a, my friend George, who's here in Minneapolis. I didn't tell my family. I didn't tell any of my coworkers. I didn't tell any of my, you know, my close friends. I told them all I was going on a tour of China. And the reason being, you know, and this is going to get a little more heady, but I just knew if I threw this out publicly, I would just get so much opinion and so many from different people. And I knew the majority of people were going to either tell me not to go or kind of yell at me. And I just I just didn't want I, I decided I wanted to deal with that after the fact. Yeah. And I was pretty determined and I made up my mind. So I was like, I'm going to do this. Okay. 
I'm going to tune out. I'm not going to tell anyone. There's going to be no buildup. I'm just going to do it. And when I get back, I'll deal with it. And um, I'm very, all things considered, it was very tough, you know, to have this conversation with my parents when I did return, but it was the right way to approach it. And I hope you didn't lose any friends along the way. <laughs> no, I didn't like, you know, when I, when I came back and I told everyone, you know, my parents were very shocked, as you can imagine. Yeah. But a couple, you know, some of my closer friends, they didn't want to, you know, talk to me for a little bit. I think they were very confused on how to process it. They didn't know how to handle it. You know, Minnesota, people don't do those kinds of things. This isn't like, you know, it's not like New York City or Los Angeles where you have a lot of people who are, you know, adventurous and taking risks and pursuing creativity. So Minneapolis is, you know, a lot of people... They, and this isn't a bad thing. It's just, you know, they're very traditional. They go to school, they find, you know, a partner, they get married, they find a good job, they live in the suburbs. Like it's very quiet life. And I did something so ridiculous that they kind of, you know, so I didn't lose any friends, but it definitely was kind of tricky coming yeah. back. Yeah, it was, I mean, it makes a lot of sense why exactly you 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 decided not to, to tell anyone about mm -hmm. that right away. So how did it go? How was the yeah. trip? <laughs> <laughs> the trip was, you know, it was great. And it's so funny. I think about this all the time. Whenever I, I talk about the trip, it feels so normal to me. And I understand that to people listening and, you know, and even to you, Andrew, like it must, it, that must seem crazy, you know, because this was such an epic event. But the truth is, you know, the trip went very smoothly. And there were times where I was, you know, standing, thinking to myself, like, you know, this is kind of for lack of a better word, this is kind of boring right now. But then I'd pause and be like, wait a minute. That's right. I'm in North Korea. <laughs> But um, yeah, so I had to fly to Pyongyang. I flew from Beijing to Pyongyang. And um, the air, their airline we, we took, it's funny, they're called Air Koryo. And it's the worst rated airline in the world, as you can imagine. But it's actually the worst rated airline in the world. So I thought that was funny. But Yeah, I, I, I flew over there and I was a little nervous, admittedly, heading over there, but I was pretty quickly put at ease. I mean, the people, you know, I remember customs was, I was very nervous to go through customs, but it's, you know, I walked up and I had my American passport, you know, and I thought, okay, I'm going to get grilled here. Like prepare yourself, Alex. And I handed my passport to the official and he looked at me and he looked at the passport and he flipped through it and it took maybe like 30 seconds and that was it. And I was into the country and I was thinking to myself, whoa, like, okay, that was interesting. I thought it was going to be way more, you know, I thought I was going to get questioned and it was going to be really aggressive, but it wasn't. And the more I experienced, the more I realized that was the case. I had, you know, I assumed everyone was going to be very stern and questioning and suspicious of me. But the more people I met, like it was the opposite. Everyone was very curious about, you know, where I was from, the United States. They asked me many questions about it. They were accommodating, like very kind. They treated me as their guest. And that's when I realized th those instances, that's when I started to realize like, man, I kind of, there's a story here. Like I thought it was going to be one way and it turned out to be a different way. Like the people I'm meeting are not like how I thought they would be, if that makes yeah. sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you, you, it sounds really cool that people will accommodating and, and friendly and how, how how's the, the level of English by the way how did you have ex much troubles you know uh, so, communicating with people yeah so when you 
travel to North Korea, you are accompanied by a guide or, you know, also known as a minder. And they're with you 24-7. So this isn't a place you go to and you get to explore. And I tried to make this very clear in my YouTube video, too, which is I knew going over there like I was a tourist. And it's very important to level set that everything that I saw was planned, scheduled. Everyone I interacted with, for the most part, was planned and scheduled. But to your original question, so all of the guides and and any people who worked at like, you know, like museums and things like that, they all spoke English very, very well, almost fluently. So I got to interact with, you know, a decent amount of people. And a, a fun thing I got to do, too, is go to an English class. They're teaching English and I got to speak with all of them. So that was really fun. Cool. And uh, yeah, so how's how's the national team uh, and <laughs> yeah, how was the experience? Because you, you spent like, I think, yeah, I, I think it was around six hours each day of playing hockey. Yeah. And um, so the hockey was, <laughs> I was not ready. Let's say that I was not ready for the hockey because the men's hockey team, you know, they're not the best in the world. Like they're not competing against the US or Canada or Russia or any of those top teams. However, they're still very skilled compared to me. You know, I'm not the best player out there by any means. So we I remember our first game, we showed up. It was a, it was at night and our team, I had to arrive first because I flew over. Americans, you have to fly into Pyongyang. Everyone else from any other nation, you can take a train. It takes 24 hours to get in there. So I was first and the rest of the team arrived late and we mm -hmm. had to go straight from the train station to the ice rink. We, you know, we had just met each other and then we're supposed to go play hockey together. So we get on the ice at like 8 p.m. and I'm watching them warm up. And that's when I realized like we're in trouble. <laughs> They just were such good skaters. And so they, you know, they crushed us. The first game, I think we lost like 16 to two or something like that. And but yeah, we played a a lot of hockey. We played, we would practice three hours in the morning and we practiced with the, the men's team, also the women's team, which was really cool. And then we play a game, you know, for three hours at night. Cool. Yeah. I hope you got some good practice as well. Yeah. And yeah. so you're now actually better player. Yeah, no, definitely, definitely did. Awesome. So, uh, Yeah, I guess uh, it, it's a nice way to tease your video as well because it's totally worth watching. I, it's, I like how it's to the point and you've got lots of uh, cool footage from there because, um, yeah, I was a bit surprised about that myself. Uh, also, having some, you know, assuming things about how your uh, trip would be there that you wouldn't yeah. be allowed to film, for example, outside. I, I would assume that it wouldn't be as easy to do as as it seemed for you it was so you are you're actually filming your sightseeing tours and stuff so yeah. yeah by the way any comments on on that part yeah i mean that was another thing that was kind of the first big you know moment where i was like huh this isn't how i expected it to be but i asked scott prior to the trip hey can i bring my camera can i bring my gopro You know, or is it okay if I record? And I asked him that a bunch of times and he kept saying, yeah, it's fine. It's fine. It's fine. So when I got to the country, you know, I would always ask permission. Hey, is it all right if I film this? Can I film this? And my guides, they kind of almost, <laughs> you know, I say this jokingly, but they kind of started to get annoyed with me because I kept asking and they kept saying, yeah, you know, it's fine. It's fine. You can film, you can film. And I found that really surprising. Yeah. It, it was just another example of, you know, huh, my 
my perception might not have been as accurate as I thought it would have been. But yeah. um, I got to film a lot of cool stuff. Excellent. So, I mean, uh, once again, we do have a possibility to watch some of it. Thank you for that. Thank you for mm-hmm. putting it together and releasing. Do we plan to, to I don't know, maybe you've uh, saved some something for later and uh, yet to share some something some additional material from there or it's pretty much all out there or you won't tell me no that's that's a great question and i no i have a bunch of footage we you know when i and and a lot of people ask me too like did you go over there with the plan to make this video and the truth is i didn't i mean i knew i wanted to film the hockey and in my head i was just going to put together a recap of the hockey game But it wasn't until, you know, I concluded my trip and I was flying home that I started to think about, you know, all of the people that I met and how they were much different than how I anticipated. And I kind of landed on this idea that like, you know, human beings are human beings regardless of where they live. Like where we're from does not necessarily define who we are. You know, I'm Alex. I'm from Minnesota. I'm from the United States. But I don't describe myself to people when people ask me like oh what are you like i don't say oh i'm an i'm like an american you know i say i'm alex i like these things i'm interested in these things these certain things bring me joy and i realized it was the same you know in um, north korea the people there are not are different or you know are different than their government the, the government and the people are two different things and um i thought it was important to try and, and tell that story And, um, I have a lot of footage and, you know, I haven't really thought about how, you know, what secondary things I could put together, but there's a ton of footage. Yeah. So I hint a music video, uh, and I was just about to ask if you've written a song about your trip yet. No, that's a, that's another great question. I thought about that post fact. I thought to myself, you know, if I ever go back, man, wouldn't it be funny to shoot a music video there? But alas, you know, Americans are no longer allowed to travel to North Korea. With that said, you know, that's a, not a your point is good. Andrew, once again, you have a great music idea for me, as you always have. So I appreciate it. But yeah, who knows? TBD to be determined. Looking forward to that. I think it's really good yeah. timing right now to just mm-hmm. drop anything really. And uh, you can use the, yeah. the current hype to bring attention to that in a very organic way. I think this is the yeah. uh, important part that you're not just pushing your stuff uh, in, a, in a kind of aggressive way to people who are interested in your North Korean trip, but not your music. But you've got yeah. some really cool stuff, which I think a lot of the people checking out your video, for example, about your North Korean trip will appreciate as well so uh excellent uh here i mean so well done on this and Mm -hmm. uh if you you, if you like maybe i mean it's to me the conclusions here to all creatives listening to us are somewhat straightforward but maybe you can give any kind of an advice to an artist listening to us now uh isn't you know just how would you uh recommend them approach their promotional efforts and growing and thinking kind of, uh, you know, just, yeah, what, how, yeah, share a bit of your thinking process here, because you definitely don't just think about the traditional ways to market your music. Yeah. In terms of, man, great question. In terms of music marketing, for me, I've always looked at more, and, and I have a passion for marketing for what it's worth. I, it, to me, it's, it's a fun challenge, but I always look for ways 
to make someone laugh or to bring them joy or, or do something un- unexpected for them. So a lot of that I can accomplish, you know, through through writing, whether it's composing an email that's, you know, personable and something like that, but also just coming up with weird, quirky marketing ideas. Like I'll throw one, this one out there for free because A, I never did it. And B, it sounds like a hip hop artist is about to do it, but I always had this this grand scheme where I was going to take a copy of my EP mm-hmm. and sign it and then make kind of like a weather balloon and send it up into space, which you can do. And I, I looked online, like you can do that. And then you, you know, put a GoPro and film it. And then, then I was going to try and sell that copy as the only, the only copy that had been in outer space, but like things like that, you know, things creating even marketing tactics and techniques can be their own story. And I think that's a good way of level setting whether or not your marketing is going to be effective. And that is, okay, would someone want to talk about this? Is it interesting? So I try the best I can with everything that I do to have some sort of interesting angle. And I ask myself, okay, would someone want to share this? Would they legitimately want to share it? I could ask them to, but would they do it on their own? Yeah. And if I think that they could, then I know that's a good angle or at least the right direction. Yeah. Brilliant. Thank you for sharing that idea. Keep it up. Uh, keep sharing, <laughs> you know, uh, joined, bringing, bringing joy to these worlds and, uh, and, and creating fun stuff. I think yep. I find you very funny. And I, 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 I really like, I'm a fan of your uh, creative work, so keep doing that. And uh, we will hopefully have another chat on this podcast sometime in the future about another crazy idea that will hopefully will not put you in danger <laughs> in any way. That's, yep. yeah, you will be just talking about as something that happens and, you know, we'll, um, yep. yeah, remembering this one. So thank you for Then, sharing. Yep. Yeah. My pleasure. And, um, yeah, the next time we chat, I'll, it'll be about, uh, let's say a YouTube video that hits the 1 million view uh, marker. Yeah, at that's least, at least. Yeah. So that's, <laughs> thank you, Alex. Yeah. Thank you very much, dude. This is it. I hope you enjoyed the conversation as much as I did. Thanks to Alex once again for sharing this story with us and uh, alexfrecon.com is the website and of course find all the cool links uh, and you know the links to the YouTube videos and other stuff we talked about in the show notes musicgrowthtalks.com if you want to uh, go straight to a blog post with these links go to datamusic.com and find uh, a post about this very episode uh, number 106 with Alex Frickon and uh, leave your comments and please uh, let me know what you think if you have uh, any interesting ideas that you are considering for your own music projects in terms of storytelling so i hope you got inspired to come up with something unusual and maybe not even directly related to your music to spread the word about your brand and do it in an interesting creative way with a story because this is what is uh, uh, is getting spread. If you want uh, to reach new audiences fast, then start experimenting with uh, with creating interesting uh, uh, stories uh, through doing interesting stuff, and start that as soon as possible. Uh, you can start with small experiments. You don't have to go to North Korea 
necessarily. Uh, so yeah, uh, once again, thank you all for listening. Uh, drop a comment on SoundCloud, on the blog, on Patreon. Uh, and if you leave a review on Apple Podcasts, it will be amazing because of the Apple's algorithms, every uh, review, especially since it's a five-star review, you know, uh, every uh, feedback on the platform helps uh, the show being discovered by, uh, by, by other musicians, other music industry professionals listening to similar podcasts. So um, in order for the podcast to be recommended uh, to others uh, uh, every review and rating counts thank you in advance and yeah till next week thank you for listening you've been listening to music growth talks with andrew apanov find more episodes and subscribe at musicgrowthtalks.com